I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Today on the episode, we have Banning Liebschner, and I'm so excited about this pastor who has been a friend for years. He is planting churches. One of them is in Sacramento, California, called Jesus Culture, who many of you would have heard, and he's been on the show before, but if you've never heard of Jesus Culture, you might have heard of Brian and Katie Turwalt, who've been nominated for Grammys for their worship, also who uh, Kim Walker-Smith and many others. They just have been pioneering and leading in the worship movement for a long time. And Jesus culture lives up to its name. It's a culture of people who love Jesus with all their hearts. And they planted a really wonderful community in Sacramento, but they've also done a number of stadium events over the last 15 years that have really impacted my personal life. And I know many of you who are listening, who are around in the church world and would go to those kinds of conventions were probably impacted as well, where they brought a lot of different streams together, not just the stream that they came from, to really go after what it looks like to be a Christ follower. And I love that. Well, Banning has just released or is releasing a new book called The Three Mile Walk, The Courage You Need to Live the Life God Wants uh, for You. And I just think it's significant that he's been walking through this really faith-filled prophetic journey. And I want to ask him about that book. But before we even get to the book, I want to talk to him about what it's like to transition from a worship movement into a local church and some of the stories they've had. Because I know even their building, they got apprehended in Sacramento because of a prophetic word. And we just want to talk about how hearing God's voice gives you different options, even as a minister or church planter than you would have had if you didn't hear from God. And I know for me, you know, being on assignment with God has been a night and day different from just projects I did when I just did them out of my own goodwill or my own passion for Jesus. When you actually hear God's voice and you know a directive or a direction or an appointment of what he's calling you to, he just he fills your life with the virtue of that and that understanding of that in a different way. And Banning is that person. So I hope you fully enjoy the interview as much as I will. Thanks for joining. Hey, Exploring the Prophetic Family, we have an incredible new resource for you. My new book, Provision, Prophecies, Prayers, and Declarations is out now. I wrote this book so that you would have a very specific tool to help you use words to define your own history and future with God. Throughout human history, we've seen prayer and the prophetic and declarations shape society, set culture, provide heritage, and bring vision for the future. And when you combine prayers, declarations, and prophecies like you encounter in this book, you become even more intentional about the power of words. Prophecies, prayers, and declarations are instrumental for us to enter our promised land. This book, Provision, Prophecies, Prayers, and Declarations, will cover topics in finances, resources, family, influence, favor, business, and more. Through this book, I'm inviting you on the journey of learning how to use words to speak in the very fabric of your life, the spiritual realm, and the world around you. I pray that you'll find yourself using and reusing this book as you hear God speak to your heart. You can get our book anywhere books are sold, but if you get it at bullsministries.com and you pre-order it or post-order it, you're going to get a very exclusive teaching series. So I want to encourage you to get it there. Well, today on the show, we have my friend Banning, and Banning is the leader of Jesus Culture up in Sacramento, like I said earlier in the introduction, but you were on before with me, and we talked about quite a few things that were just really the beginning of your ministry, the first 10 years or so, but you guys are doing a lot of different things now, but welcome to the show. Uh, it's great to be here. Sean, I, it's funny, we talked about a lot of things last time, but I think we maybe were interrupted most of the time with dogs. This is, this is, this is, a, this 
this is what I remember the most. I was totally <laughs> thinking about like, I always love getting on a podcast with you. I love doing things with friends. So I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to talk to Sean. And somehow uh, demons got in my dogs last time. So I was, I was just <laughs> no, praying like- You were trying to escape could... them. You actually ended up in your car out in the front of your house, which is the I, best. That's so I, funny. I literally was sitting in my car trying to find space. And well, now I, I think, think people can relate right people. now because we're in a lockdown. Uh, some <laughs> so, people are out of their lockdown, but we're still in California. So as we're recording this, we're in the lockdown. And we're having to Zoom and call and do audio all the time with friends and family. And how many times have my kids come in and interrupted uh, me during the mo most like important things not to be interrupted? They've come in almost every time. And so, <laughs> I have they, dogs barking. I have to, I'm with teenagers, so they're coming downstairs, one of them in tears over homework yeah. or whatever else. And yeah. You're trying not to be cold, but, you know. So are you guys homeschool parents right now? Well, yeah, but I'm doing nothing. I'm watching all like you're so you have little kids. I'm watching yeah. all my friends with little kids and I'm like, oh my That's gosh, crazy. that would be so much harder. My kids are all teenagers, so they're just taking care of themselves. I think they're doing their work. Like I I think they are. <laughs> I'm awesome. I'm assuming they're doing their work, but what do I know? But they're you know, one's in eighth grade, one's a junior in high school, and uh, you know, they get good grades, so we're like, hey, did you do your work? They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. That's the extent of my homeschooling. So that's awesome. Yeah, we have we have little ones, so it's like our school is amazing. But when they first started, they're like, basically, do seven hours a day with a kindergartner. And <laughs> I, all the, I think all the parents were like, revolt. You know, this is not going to work. <laughs> and so we we had quite we've we've had quite the adjustment. We're not as bad as public schools that are like we're going to pass everybody because totally. this is a mess. But we're, um, you know, we've had to work as hard as our daughters on their schoolwork. Yes. And I'm I would have, have gotten to a point where I would just look at my daughter and said, I'm okay with you doing <laughs> kindergarten again. I'm okay with you repeating kindergarten. This is, exactly. a, this, is a, this is acceptable for me. You're going to be 22 when you graduate high school and that's okay with me. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, let's get into the show. Thanks so much for just the friendship comic relief. Um, let's get into the, just the conversation that we have on the plate today because um last time we were together talking about this on exploring the prophetic we talked about your stadium journey and just how god spoke to you and took this little youth ministry into this phenomenon of a worship movement and uh more recently you guys had made another transition it's not very recent it's many years ago what, five years ago now or more where yeah. you guys planted a church in sacramento so you left the mothership bethel who we all love and you planted your own movement and your own church in Sacramento, and you brought a lot of your team came with you, and especially the worship leaders, Kim Walker and Brian Katie Turwalt, and several others. And um, Kim Walker Smith, excuse me, I was, don't add the Smith, and I love them both so much. Yeah, uh, so I, I feel like you know, you recreated yourself, which I think people around uh, you know, ministry that they really love wanted to stay the same forever, especially if they're yes. distant from it. And you guys have gone through several iterations of, of pivoting and making changes. Right, right now, everyone's making a change because people have been locked down all over the world and I've had to change yeah. the models they do ministry. But when there's not a lot of people changing and you make big changes like that, I know that it was glorious and I know there's also a lot of hardship. And we're going to be a church and really focus on our community here in Sacramento and then also allowing some other churches to emerge alongside of you, around you, um, who have the same kind of DNA. So let's let's talk about this. How did this really start or do you want to start do you want to fast forward and start talk about where you're at now 
Well, first, let me just say this, because this is one of the reasons why I love that, you know, the message that you carry about making the prophetic accessible, breaking it down. I mean, simplifying at some level of like you can hear the Lord. I think the reason why I love this topic and what you're doing is because ultimately my stance, my entire ministry life, my entire adult life has been I just want to follow Jesus. I just want to go where Jesus is going. I want to do what he's doing. And and what happened in the early days with Jesus culture was just based on that. We're just like, what's Jesus doing? How do we follow him? And then what we're doing now is based on that too. And the reason why I say I love how you're just helping people with the prophetic is that my if you have a desire to follow Jesus, the prophetic is a gift from God in that process for me personally. And, and obviously, Scripture is where we root ourselves. Scripture is, you know, whatever the Lord tells us doesn't supersede Scripture. But the Lord directing us through prophetic words so that we can follow Jesus. Where is yeah. he going? What is he doing? And that's how, that's how Jesus culture started. That's how we got to all that, that stuff we did. And then that's how the shift happened. It was a whole prophetic swirl around us that happened in order to even get us to Sacramento to plant a church. Like a church was not on my radar at all. Um, Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that, like, it wasn't on my radar being a senior pastor, planting a church. It wasn't there at all, but in our heart and desire, just to say, Jesus, we want to follow you and we want to do what you're doing. Where are you going? Um, And then the prophetic words that begin to reveal that we kind of ended up here. So you know, that's why I think that's why I think I love it. And the prophetic's just been such a huge part of it, just practically. You know, when we um it was uh we had just gotten done in 2012 with two three kind of big summer gatherings that we did, Brazil, Long Island, and LA. And then we come off of that season and I get a phone call from a, a guy who said, Hey, would you be interested in taking our church? And uh, it was a significant church, good sized church. I go there every year. But um but I was like, no, nah, it's okay. But I couldn't shake it. I just couldn't wow. shake it. So I, two weeks later, I'm, I'm like, am I supposed to actually pray about this? Oh. So I go talk to Chris Fallon, which, I mean, um, I know that one of the big things you have is accountability and stuff. So I immediately go talk to Chris Fallon, who's a spiritual father in my life. He was my boss and the spiritual father. And I just remember going over to his house and saying, hey, I got this, I, I got this phone call about possibly taking this church, and I can't shake it do you think this could be the Lord? Like, is this God trying to speak to me? Is this random phone call God? Because I can't seem to shake it. And so I immediately bring that and submit it to Chris. And um, and Chris surprised me. I was not expecting this. And Chris said, I have a, Chris said, I have a lot of questions, but I think this could be the Lord. Wow. I think this could be God. And I was like, wow, are we really supposed to pray about this? Well, that started a process of, as we connected with our leaders, as we connected with our community, and we went and met with this, these pastors that had talked to us, and, and it, it, it became clear that this, that wasn't where we were supposed to go. But that moment kind of started this whole process of the Lord stirring our hearts and the Lord speaking to our community that it's time to be sent. And, then, yeah. um, and, and even getting to Sacramento. I mean, this is the crazy part. We, because we had a, you know, I, I'm probably every church planner's dream. You know, I, I'm just a few hours away from where we came. 
um, <laughs> you know, I, we came with a whole group of people. We came with a budget and I came with like seven famous worship leaders. <laughs> but, yeah. but I, we, we legitimately said, God, where are we supposed to go? Like, where are we supposed to go? And, um, and so we just kind of, I got before the Lord and I was praying into everything. I said, are we supposed to go to LA? Are we supposed to go to San Francisco? Are we supposed to go to, uh, you know, Phoenix, Portland, Philadelphia? Where are we supposed to be? And nothing was coming alive. But I, but this was been 2012. I remembered a dream that somebody sent me in 2011. And in the dream, and it was a pretty significant dream because 2011 was so hard for me. And, and it was a dream that the Lord spoke to me. I would get through this season. <laughs> so, but in the dream, I was 35 years old and natural. In the dream, somebody that that uh, that somebody who's been a real prophetic voice for me, somebody that sends me dreams consistently that God speaks to me through. She sent me this dream in, in 2011. She said I had a dream, and in the dream, she was walking through an office building in Sacramento, and she saw my name on an office door, and she said oh, wow. I didn't know Banning had an office in Sacramento. When she said that, Oprah Winfrey walks out of her room and she, and she says, Banning's on my show today. Come with me. So she takes me to this back room where these this whole group of young people. And I go out on the show with Oprah in this dream. I go out on the show. Oprah sits down. But instead of sitting down with Oprah, I begin to minister to the audience. And oh, wow. we start seeing healings break out and all this type of stuff. And then I sit down with Oprah. And in the dream, I tell her this. I'm 39 years old. And our ministry has exploded in the secular realm. And, and I, 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 I reference Jesus being released and things like that. Anyways, so this dream, which was significant to me before, because I kid you not, we were going through the toughest time I'd ever gone through in ministry. And I kept referring back to that dream, where in the dream I said I was 39. I know it seems silly now when I think about you it. You actually right. shared some of that last time on the podcast. I remember it's good to share again because... I think a lot of people who we don't realize that part of the reason why God would speak to us so clearly is because he wants to hold us and sustain us and give us hope. Yes. For, it's yes. worth it. And I remember you shared that some, but keep going. I don't want to interrupt. No. Other well, so, so that dream, I was 39. So we moved because of that dream. We go to Sacramento wow. and then, I mean, and then just the prophetic starts coming. I, I mean, people are sending me stuff about I, I, for, for me, a lot of the prophetic is dreams it's it's dreams or or it's the lord speaking to me in, in in the morning times like even as i'm waking up or going to bed like for whatever reason when i wake up or go to bed the lord spoke to me this morning i i, I got i woke up early this morning was just laying in bed and just the lord starts speaking to me in those moments or they come in these dreams in the night but then these dreams i mean dreams of being in a house overlooking sacramento and just the audible voice of the Lord in the dream saying, this is revival and a whole bunch of different type of stuff. Wow. And so, wow. so it kind of, it, it just kind of led us down here. And then we get, and then we're in Sacramento trying to figure out where, where do we plant? Uh, again, not to, not to push this point, but the reason why I love what you're doing is because for us, the journey of following Jesus has been about paying attention to the prophetic, has been paying attention to what's the prophetic What's the prophetic word of the Lord for us? So then we come down to Sacramento and I'm like, well, where do we go? I don't know where, like, where do we plant? I, I listen, I grew up in Reading. It had 70,000 people in it. It's got 90,000 now, but I grew up in a town of 70,000. Now we're in a region of 2.1 million. 
And I'm like, well, where do we plant? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know where to go. And, um, and just through these prophetic with, we ended up being in Folsom, but it was all of this prophetic stuff. These intercessors that we began to meet with and said, we've been praying for this. And God spoke to us this about Folsom and the dam. And there's, there's, there's kind of power that came out of Folsom in the natural, this power plant that supplied all of Folsom with, uh, you know, power. And so it's just this whole prophetic journey of just kind of following the Lord. And then we kind of ended up here. And so now, you know, now we're senior pastor and, and even this building, here's a crazy thing. I, I, I just am kind of taking over the podcast right now. I can pause. I like it. I mean, I'm completely <laughs> enjoying the, the entire no, show. But, but I guess, so, so even, um, we've been looking for a building and, um, and, you know, church has grown and we're at a high school. It's been a phenomenal situation at the high school, adding services and people coming. It's been really beautiful. And the high school has been really great to work with. But we've kind of known like, hey, we need to, we need to get a building and let's start moving towards a building. And uh, so so we start kind of going towards a building and start raising a little bit of money for it. And just feeling like the Lord spoke to us. We need to prepare. But in the process just really trying to pay attention, like, Lord, where where are you taking us? Well, we finally get, after a, a few years, after a few years of me just paying attention, this this building that we approached popped up. Wow. But it was, it was, you know, twice as big as what we were looking at. It was twice as much money as we were looking at. It was a pretty, it was a pretty daunting kind of ordeal that I was about to invite our people to believe with for me. And and so, you know, I'm a this is the first time for me where this is a massive risk we're about to take because we had to raise the gist of it was we had to raise two million in five months or something to buy the building. We had some money saved. We needed wow. two more million just to buy it, and then we need to raise more money to renovate it. So I was gonna come before the church and say we found our building, but in five months we gotta raise a little over two million dollars in addition to what we've already raised. So two weeks before, two weeks before I'm going to, um, before I'm really, we spent months on this thing, prayed, sought counsel. I'm about to get in front of our church. I wake up at 4 a.m. And I have, um, I just, I, I could just feel the weight of what I was about to do, where I was going to get up in front of our church and say, listen, I think this is the Lord. And we have five months to raise millions of dollars. Um, but I think this is God. So I could feel the weight of what I was about to do. I go mm. back to sleep. And when I go back to sleep, I have a dream. And in the dream, I'm looking at the building that we want to buy. And uh, this, this massive buck, this huge deer is walking in front of the building. And, and, and this, I mean, oversized, like not as big as the building, but like the largest deer I've yeah. ever seen with this huge rack that was perfectly kind of, you know, it was this perfect yeah. symmetrical kind of rack. And I'm looking at it in the dream. I have this thought that deer can't be killed. It's protected because it's in city limits. So I mm. wake up from the dream. I wake up from the dream and I have a sense that it's maybe about provision. We're going to have a finance meeting that day. I'm not sure. So I'm like, I, I need to go do some research on deer and what this is. And I'm going to go look up biblical imagery. I get to staff that morning. And, um, and I said, I, we're talking and I shared with our staff, I said, I had a dream last night and I shared this dream about this, this, uh, this massive buck and this deer. And, 
And I said, I don't know what it means. I, I'm going to go look up some biblical imagery on, imagery on it. And our youth pastor, Becky, she stops and she said, big bucks. Oh. <laughs> she said, she said, she said, big bucks. And she said it again. And when she said big bucks, I don't know how to tell, like faith, like it felt like that is wow. the word of the Lord. Big wow. bucks are about to show up for this property. And so I got up in front of our church and I told him, and you should have seen it because I get up in front of the church. And at the time we thought we we're going to have to raise three and a half million. That got wheeled down to two. But I got up and I said, hey, guys, we found our building. Everybody's cheering. Yeah. And I said, and we've got to raise, you know, this millions of dollars in five months to get it. And I'm not kidding. Like just the wind got sucked out of the room. <laughs> and uh, so the next week we met again. And, and but But I shared this dream with them. And and I and I just said, listen, the, I I believe that that God is going to send big bucks. They are going to come for this building, and um and so we just held on to that thing. So 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 people you know began to give, and sure enough, money started coming in, and, and we bought the building. But we had one point. This is the crazy part. We had one point. There was two dates. One was the closing date where we where we had to have our money. But the second one was we put five hundred thousand dollars down that went non-refundable after 60 days. Oh, oh that's right. So, so we had a November date where as a team we said, is there a certain amount of money we're going to need to raise in order to figure out whether or not we're going to do this in five months? And I just said, unless we lose our 500000 And I just said, guys, I don't know what to tell you. I, like, I feel the Lord has spoken to us. Big bucks are going to come. And I don't know if there's a number. If we haven't raised a dime by that time, I think we're just, we're in, we're committed. So just a couple of days before we hit this date where our money's going to go non-refundable, I'm driving outside of my, we live in a neighborhood. I'm taking my son to school. His school's just three minutes away from us. And, and, I'm, and on the outskirts of our neighborhood, we live on these kind of hills. On the outskirts of our neighborhood is this little tiny strip mall. It's not a strip mall. It's businesses, some offices and little, you know, restaurant. And, and I pull around the corner and sitting in the bushes, staring at Chase Bank is a buck. Yes. I, I mean, a full blown in my neighborhood, a buck, big old rack is sitting there, not moving. I like go, I'm taking pictures all around it. And it's just staring at Chase Bank and won't wow. move. And uh, it was, I don't know if I'd base it's my so life right. off that moment. Does that make sense? I wouldn't base <laughs> yeah. my life off that moment. But it was just enough for me to go, God's in this. Yeah. God's in this. And sure enough, I mean, I think it was maybe five days before we had to close that the mo- all the money that we needed came in. And, and, um, and we still are raising money. But, but it was that moment. And uh, it, it was crazy. So, so all of this, our whole journey is this. Like, Lord, we think you're doing this. And then he kind of sends prophetic confirmations. And we're like, all right, here's the faith we needed. So that's my really long, really no, long introduction. It's a glorious, really long introduction to it. Because I think um, a lot of people are listening in there. Once you start to grab hold of your relationship with God and realize that, of course, like you said earlier, the Bible is our foundation. But then we get the relationship to the Holy Spirit where he wants to lead us and walk with us, not just to buy buildings, but to be with us, to do things through us and with us, not just to have us as servants, but as as co-heirs, sons and daughters, those who bring the kingdom with them. And I feel like you guys, you know, being called Jesus culture, it's like you guys are 
being led very specifically in his heart because you're leading people very specifically through both the worship and the, the messages you bring and the culture you're building. And uh, I just think of, you know, the authority of when God plants you in a place like that. I remember when we were here in LA and we got planted by just these kinds of prophetic words, like the types of things you're saying, we got planted here and five other church builders were building the exact same month as me from different movements. And we loved them all. We actually would meet yeah. usually every month or every two months. And I remember after about a year, all of them shut down except for us. And they had finances. They were coming from denominations. They were like, they had all kinds of team, they had all kinds of stuff. And we were like this little rowdy group of people who were just being kind of quasi sent by a couple of different movements and ministries and great accountability, but we didn't, we weren't being sent sent because we didn't have yeah. financial structure and the whole thing, but we heard God and we, and we, and we love people. And, and, you know, like when you hear God and it's an assignment, it's different. And so I remember we all got together cause they were all going to move cause they had, it had just had failed for all, all four, four of the other churches or five of the other churches. It was, yeah, it was five. And we all got together. We just had a goodbye dinner. And one of the guys asked the question, why do you think it hasn't worked for any of us? And they all shared their hearts. Like, wow. one guy, well, I just thought it'd be a good idea to come to LA. It's an unchurched place. People need wow. Jesus. It didn't work. Another guy, And it was almost the same story. And they got to me and they said, why do you think it's working for you? I said, I have one reason. The only reason I would come to a city like LA is I heard from God. Because I could yes. have never done this because it was a good idea. And I'm not at all accusing you, blaming you, sure. putting shame on you. Like, I love that you guys came here out of that passion. I didn't have I didn't have that passion. You guys had more passion than me. I just happened to have a word. Yeah. And it was the thing that it was kind of the distinction between those who made it and those who didn't during that season. And I found out from other pastors who've been here for a long time, like Jack Hayford and others, that was their distinction as well, that it worked because God sent them or he appointed it. And so there's something about trusting God in those little moments in the beginning days, because it leads to greater and greater faith jumps and partnership to God. And I think you guys are such a good example of that. And on top of that, I just want to say, I know that uh, you have a message that's been birthing in you that, or that you've been just come alive in you about Jonathan and you've just written a book. And um, I know a lot of times I don't even mention people's product in the show because people could find it, but I really love the theme of this book of Jonathan of the Prince Jonathan out of uh, Jonathan and David. Can you tell us a little bit about what, where this came from and why you decided to write it out? Yeah. Well, it's a lot of what you're talking about. What you just described about going to LA and you just had a word and just doing the best you can to engage what God has called you to. This is a, this is just a massive passion for me is I, I believe that we are most alive and we are most fulfilled, most thriving when we're actually engaging what God has called us to. Yeah, and, and that I all agree. of us have a call in our life. All of us have a call. Uh, our, our calls are, there's not levels of calling. Everybody has a call. You have a call. I have a call. Everybody listening has a call. And I would say this, nobody's call is greater. Absolutely. But, but what separates people is not whether they have a call, but whether or not they're engaging that call, whether or not they're actually getting up and going on the journey and, and understanding this, that we have a call to be someone. God is trying to shape you and mold you. He's trying to grow you into someone. So God has called you to be someone, and he's called you to do something. He's called you to partner with him in accomplishing his plans in the earth. And so I just want to see people engaged in that. I, I, I mean, it breaks my heart when I see believers who aren't actually experiencing the fullness of what God has for them because they somehow are content to sit on the sideline, not really getting up and engaging what God's called them to. Whether it's whether it's to be a man of purity, 
you know, whether it's, you know, the generational line behind you is broken with sexual brokenness and pornography and womanizing and divorce. And then God is calling you to be a man of purity, a man of covenant, a man of family, whether, whether it's that call or whether it's the call to start the business or whether it's a call to start that nonprofit or to serve that. And, and I want to see people engaged. And so this is the story is, um, you know, Jonathan and his armor bear is this really incredible picture between Saul, who was somehow content to sit with his army um, underneath the pomegranate tree, looking from a distance at the Philistines, but not engaging them. And yeah. then Jonathan, who something just awakened inside of him and just said, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I can't sit here anymore. I have to get up and engage what God has called me to engage. And then just that journey. You would know this you know, more than anybody is that whenever you actually say yes and engage the call of God in your life, it just, it, it's, it's a journey of being in over your head, stretched beyond your capabilities. It takes them a massive amount of courage and faith. And so we just talked about that. It's called the three mile walk because where the, where the Israelites are camped on a hill and where the Philistines are camped, there's a three mile valley between them. That's awesome. Geography is a three mile valley. And so when Jonathan was awakened and I would say this, I, I actually think in this, in this time right now where um, there's the global pandemic, people are shut in. I actually think that God's stirring a holy dissatisfaction inside of people. Oh, I think yeah. there are things stirring up where they're just realizing, what am I doing with my life? And, and, and what does that look like? And am I following God? Have I been flipping or casual about engaging what God's called me to? And I actually think he's stirring a dissatisfaction inside of people. And, uh, and so when that thing stirs up inside of you and you just say, I'm going to go engage this, you've got a three-mile walk ahead of you. And that three-mile walk requires some stuff. And then for me, I just want to come alongside and encourage people as they kind of step out on that journey. This is where I think revival is going to be. I think revival happens when people get up and engage the call in their life. And when the body of Christ actually says, I'm going to, whatever it may be, uh, I'm going to be who God's called me to be, and I'm going to start that home for single moms. I'm going to be who God's called me to be, and I'm going to start that nonprofit, things like that. I love that. And I I think it's so significant that you guys didn't call your ministry revival culture. You called your ministry Jesus culture because walking relationship to Jesus, not just seeing what he can do for us is the key. And I've watched you walk that out with your wife, CJ, and just with your family and with your team for so many years now, just walking in relationship to intimacy with God. And again, I think like uh, for you who are listening, some of you are listening and you're just maybe at the beginning of this journey, this prophetic kind of a journey and banning might be a 20 year picture end to what it looks like once you go on it. And if you're 50, you, you, you have more than 20 years left, most likely. Yeah. You know, if you, it, and Jesus did everything he needed to do in three years. And so it's not a timing thing. It's just building equity with God, building equity by listening to his voice and walking with him. And I think that that's one of the keys. And I love your book. I love the theme of it. I can't wait to get it. And uh, I encourage you listeners to get it as well. And then, Banning, how do people get a hold of the book? And then also, how do people get a hold of you? Well, uh, gsculture.com will have all the information you would need. Um, I, I think there's a website that's launching. It's called 3milewalkbook.com, but gsculture.com, Amazon, all Perfect. that kind of stuff. And I know and your services are online and some some great, great, great content is produced from 
Jesus culture that I benefit from all the time. And it helps when you have leaders. It just came out. I'm excited. Here's how to start a movement: have really good worship leaders, That's <laughs> so true. and have them have them with you since they were teenagers. That's the there key, right? There you go. Yeah, you do <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks so much for just sharing your heart. Like you always, you just you you ca- captivated me. I I was listening so much that when you said you feel like you're hijacking the show, I was like, no, I'm I'm literally getting fed right now. So I'm, I know our listeners are too. So thanks for just being a voice. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's it's uh, always good to be with you. We have some exciting news. We have a new online platform called Bowls Ministries Online Platform. It includes all of our content for one low price. This is all of our e-courses, which is Keyzone's Economy, Prophetic 101, Modern Prophets, Living and Thriving Marriage, God's Secrets. But here's where it gets really interactive. We have a Translating God mentoring platform with new content every week. So weekly teaching videos and group and individual mentoring videos and guest contributors from around the world, weekly prophetic testimonies, weekly Q&A. You're going to love this. This is an interactive platform that invites you to exclusive content for me and guests. There's also an opportunity for you to submit your dreams to interpret. You guys are going to love this. And this is all one low price of $14 a month. And I want you are exploring the prophetic family to join. Come be a part of this. It's going to change your life. And I know we're going to enjoy having you. So come visit BowlsMinistries.com. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles. I want to encourage you to stay involved with us. Continue the conversation online by going to our Facebook page. Sean Bowles is our Facebook public address. Also, you can visit us at www.BowlsMinistries.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. It's Exploring the Prophetic with Sean Bowles.